Uh, today's show is titled, uh, Is Amazon Preparing to Accept Bitcoin? Patent signs point to maybe. Actually, the official title of the show is The Bitcoining, the Bitcoining of Amazon. It's happening. Maybe. On this episode of Headlines You May Have Missed with Paul Gordon, Amazonian Bitcoins, Human Trafficking Rescue, IMF Crypto Crap, Solar Rain Power, and more. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here are your 20 minutes of headlines you may have missed. Is Amazon preparing to accept Bitcoin? Patent signs point to maybe. So people have long been speculating that Amazon may one day soon allow Bitcoin and or other cryptocurrencies as payment on their website. And that speculation gained more, I'll say, potential when the company received... uh, A patent. They finally got a patent approved from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for marketplace data feeds that would allow Bitcoin transactions. Now, if you're like me, the word patent may have triggered you because you're talking about ma'apis. So this is this is not a story about ma'apis. I have talked about ma'apis in the past, and I will again. This is a story about Amazon potentially going Bitcoiny. And this is from CNBC.com. Amazon Technologies has won a patent for a marketplace that offers data feeds, including Bitcoin transactions. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office on Tuesday, that's just this past Tuesday, which would have been the 17th, approved the Amazon.com subsidiary's September 2014 filing for a patent that can correlate different data streams and sell the combined feed as a subscription to people who want to track that data. The filing referenced Bitcoin transactions twice as examples of possible products. And so the the filing literally uh, this is this is the part that they're focusing on. For example, a group of electronic or internet retailers who accept Bitcoin transactions may have a shipping address that may correlate with the Bitcoin address. The electronic retailers may combine the shipping address with the Bitcoin transaction data to create correlated data and republish the combined data as a combined data stream. That was an awesome sentence. A group of telecommunications providers may subscribe downstream to the combined data stream and be able to correlate the IP internet. That's internet protocol, not internet property or uh, intellectual property. Address of the transaction to countries of origin, government agencies. Boo. That was obligatory booing there. May be able to subscribe downstream and correlate tax transaction data to help identify transaction participants. Oh, wonderful. Love that little bit there at the end about the uh, tax transaction data. Amazon's just doing its job protecting the people that protect it, which is, of course, the state. So will they go to Bitcoin? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, or, Or they may come up with their own cryptocurrency. If I was a betting man, which I am, Uh, although I'm not going to bet on this. But if I was a betting man, which I am, which I'm not going to bet on this anyway, I would bet that Amazon will not end up choosing Bitcoin, but will choose 
Amcoin or Zoncoin or Amazon coin, whatever the freak they're going to end up calling it. But there's at least a chance that they could actually turn to Bitcoin and other currencies. And yeah, that would be wonderful if they did that, at least short term, because it'll certainly drive up the value of whatever currencies they choose. Human trafficking victims can make, sell 3D printed jewelry thanks to startup. And we're probably going to talk more about this tonight. We may not, but it's scheduled uh, tonight on the first iteration of the, uh, well, it's 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 an Is Daily show, but the first iteration of this it Is Daily show, uh, which is called Leash Me Alone, which is hosted by myself and Lou Sander of uh, the Freedom Fiends. We will be possibly talking about this story in more detail tonight. We're also going to be talking about uh, Mimics in the Garden of Good and Evil. That's the title for the show. So this story is about action. This is, if you go to iState.tv, this is the top story. It's in the action stories category there at the top. See a problem, solve a problem. And that's the kind of thought process that I can get behind. So it appears to be... How Catherine Prescott, who's the co-founder of Free-D, we'll just say Free-D, yeah, Free-D, we'll say that, thinks as well. Her company is looking to train women that are victims of human trafficking or potential targets for human trafficking in how to create jewelry using 3D printing. And this is from Forge.com. And their headline is, this startup is tackling human trafficking by training women in 3D printed jewelry design. Right now, there are 24.9 million people trapped in modern day slavery, according to the International Labor Organization. It is a gendered crisis. 71% of people who have been trafficked are women and girls. One reason so many young women are finding themselves at risk is because of a lack of education, says Catherine Prescott, the co-founder of Free D. They don't have a high level of skills or literacy skills, which means their job opportunities are really low. And it's through the search of trying to find employment that many get taken advantage of, she explains. Today, Free D, a portmanteau, which is a combination of the, the uh, of, of two words, of freed and 3D isn't just empowering human trafficking survivors. It also aims to train all kinds of vulnerable women who might be homeless or escaping domestic violence or at risk so they too can find stable long-term jobs. It's also just been accepted onto F-Lane, which is a Vod the Vodafone Institute's Berlin-based female empowerment business accelerator, an experience Prescott describes as dying and going to feminist heaven. So the startup space in London is not necessarily focused on impact, but uh, at F-Lane, where people are all from different backgrounds, they all care. Now, I don't really care about the feminist angle of the story, but whatever. You know, if you're a feminist and you're not crying out for the government to advance your feminist agenda, then, hey, go have at it. But this this is a great story of someone who, well, a couple people who saw a problem 
And they went out and they they're they're trying to solve the problem. Man, they're not going to solve the problem in and of themselves, but they're going to solve the problem for a number of women. Uh, you know, it's like that old story: the person they find them on the beach, and all these uh, what are they clams? Let's just say they're clams. All these clams are are on the beach, and they're they're all going to die. There's thousands, maybe millions of them, and this girl is going around. She's tossing them all. <clears throat> one at a time, pardon me. They're tossing them one at a time into the ocean, and they're like, dude, you're not even going to make a dent. She said, I made a difference for this one. So that's what they're doing. They're going to make a difference for this one. And this is this is an excellent story of people taking action. And uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're not down with uh, the feminist agenda, uh, hey, you can't criticize them for actually going out and taking action. Whatever it is that you believe in, Without invoking McGovernments, go out and take action and solve a problem in a way that, that reflects your values. Go ahead and do that. So my hat's off to these ladies. I love what they're doing. I 100 support what they're doing. Yeah. And we'll get to the we'll, – we'll just, we'll just slide on over to the next story here. IMF head continues to call for regulations of Bitcoin fintech. This is – this is a boo story, by the way. This might, you know what? I I think I might have like with regularity a poop story. This would be the poop story of the day. This is your poop of the day. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? I present to you your poop of the day. I'm not promising you that I will do this. I may do this, but I think I'll end up doing it. I think poop of the day is going to last. IMF head continues to call for regulations of Bitcoin fintech. Last month, Christine Lagarde, the managing director of the IMF, warned the world about the dangers of cryptocurrencies and the overall rise of fintech. Now, this month, she's backpedaling just a tad and offering some points that show the benefits of fintech now it's interesting how the the media has been covering this because some media the headlines are still oh uh, yeah she's she's calling for regulations and other other headlines are her words of encouragement that could help the cryptocurrency market so i i guess it depends on your perspective but the key point here though is she's still pushing for regulations of fintech but under the guise of saying she thinks that regulation should be quote even-handed unquote and quote balanced unquote which is the same thing as saying quote common sense gun control unquote so while while some may react to the IMF head's words as being encouraging for fintech, like I explained a little earlier, I recognize them for what they are. At least, I believe I have this right. Not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. This is a dialectical approach to soft-pedaling control over parts of human interaction that coercive enterprises have 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 no business attempting to control. And what do I mean by a dialectical approach? Well, the way that I'm using the term, it's you you, you don't come and it's more like it's kind of like a jujitsu technique. You 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 don't meet force head on. You kind of let the force kind of the momentum of the force kind of uh take take itself out of the fight, if you will. So what you do is you you, you don't come up and say, I oppose you, here is a stone wall. 
you come up and you sound like a friend, an ally, and you you just kind of you kind of nudge them gently in the momentum that you want them to go, which is you want to totally control what they're doing in this case. But you're not going to say, shut it down. Let's take complete control. You're going to use phrases like uh, balanced and, and, and even-handed. So the powers that be, they can't put fintech back in the bottle, the, the fintech genie, if you will, back in the bottle. So, and if they could, I, I have little doubt that they would do it. But if they do that, if they say, that's it, no more fintech, because there's not a monolithic course of enterprise yet. Let's hope that never happens. There's not a monolithic course of enterprise. There are coercive enterprises. They're still, uh, they're still competing with one another. So because of that, what you end up with is a course of enterprises. They have to adapt fintech to some degree because if they don't, their competitors darn well will and they'll use it to their advantage, and they can't have that. So so thankfully, we have multiple coercive enterprises competing with one another, which is one of the reasons why they're not just shutting or attempting at least to shut fintech down altogether. So let's let's move off of the poop. We're going to move back to, to a good story. So another, uh, well, this is, this is in, the, in the futurist category here. Solar cells powered by the rain as well is now a thing. Let me reread that because I want to make sure you get what I meant there. Solar cells powered by, well, it's they're, they're powered by the sun, and they're also going to be powered by the rain as well. And, well, it's a theory right now, and... I think it's going to be true soon enough. So Chinese scientists are working on creating dual-use solar cells that not only derive power from the sun, but also from the rain. And this is from NetworkWorld.com. With an upcoming data tsunami expected to absorb up to 20% of global electricity by 2025, according to some experts data center energy sources are a hot talking point the photovoltaic solar panel being one of the hottest and most viable false fossil fuel alternatives however there's an obvious problem with the solar panel and electric as electricity source when sunlight drops off on cloudy or rainy days so does power output This is where your Chinese scientists come in. Chinese scientists, though, think they have a solution, and that's to develop a generalized hybrid panel that also harnesses the power of rain. It compensates for lack of sun on iffy days and at night. Solar cells, as promising devices for converting light into electricity, have a dramatically reduced performance on rainy days, says the scientist from the Sukow University, in an abstract of their paper published in the American Chemical Society's ACS Nano. So they think they can realize power generation from both sunlight and raindrops. And this is how they're going to do it. Now, I'm going to describe this to you, and I'm going to confess that I don't fully understand what this means, but some of you scientific folks out there, you may get it. They're using a triboelectric nano generator also known as a tang generator that's a polymer constructed device that captures an electrical charge from mechanical energy or friction 
As the raindrops fall on the surface and then roll off, power is created from the compression and force. Actually, I, I do kind of understand that. Well, I'm gonna pat yourself on the back, buddy. You understand that. By making the Teng see-through and combining it with a conventional silicon solar panel, solar energy gets to the photovoltaic panel, too, and thus power is created from both rain and from sunlight. So there you go. Boom. That's a thing. It's happening. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your daily lulls. Florida man faces Congress after allegedly making 97 million robocalls. I mean, I'm not saying it's cool that he made 97 million robocalls, but but it's cool. Kind of. It's kind of cool. A Miami man stands accused of being the robocall king of Florida. Possibly the world. And his name is Adrian Abramovich. Now, he denies the title of kingpin of robocalling. I mean, why the heck would you deny that title? Dude, I would not. I, even if it wasn't true, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Even as he stands accused of generating over 97 million robocalls. I mean, what could possibly be the reason for conducting 97 million robocalls? Well, apparently he allegedly was offering fake travel deals. Now, that's not cool, dude. It's not cool. That part's not cool. That you could figure out how to make 97 million robocalls. It's 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 kind of not cool, but it's kind of cool. But this part, not cool, man. Uh, but it does make sense. I mean, you, you, you got to get them numbers up. Don't be a rookie. And this guy, if, if the allegations are true, is definitely not a rookie. So he faces a potential $120 million fine, which uh, in common parlance could translate that in a way that you folks can understand, that I can understand. It's a crap load of money. So uh, he appeared before U.S. senators at the Federal Communications Commission, where he received a trophy and a gift card to a local T-Mobile store, although that last part may have actually been made up. And for their part, the see-a-problem, regulate-a-problem, sociopathic trolls that are, quote, lawmakers, unquote, seem ready to respond to this robocall crisis by looking into passing laws to hold the carriers responsible for the violations of others. And there you go. That was your Daily Lulls. I hope you enjoyed it and gave him a little golf clap for his dubious achievement. Alleged dubious achievement. Greece tells Turk Reich to pound sand in response to threats on islets. Now, I, I'm telling you, this is a story for you to pay attention to. I, I like to say about iState.tv, it's kind of a joke, but it's pretty serious too. Now with 30% less fear porn. Well, this is, this, is, this is something that is definitely, keep this on your radar. What's going on with Greece and Turkey? There's all kinds of moving parts and alliances here. There is definitely the potential for a larger conflict to quickly emerge. So after the Turk Reich declared that 152 islets in the Aegean are up for dispute, all of them currently held by Greece, the Prime Minister of Greece, Alexei Cipri, has fired back at the Turk Reich with a defiant tone. He stated this past Tuesday that Greece will not cede an inch of territory. And then he also added, our neighbors do not always have 
our behave in a manner befitting good neighbors. And uh, the verbal salvo is in response, again, to Erdogan's nearly overt threat on Greek sovereignty, uh, and it only heightens the tension between the two nations. And I'm just going to go through uh, quick uh, headlines here that we have left. Cops working around civil asset forfeiture ban being challenged at Utah Supreme Court. Somalia's power problem is being solved with solar microgrids for local communities. If the AI created the art, the AI should get the award, so says some, so says I, even. If Illinois, Illinois Senate bill would give local governments the power to confiscate your guns. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. We have run out of time. We're done.